Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival. Presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean. Keith Urban. Jelly Roll. Old Dominion. Lady A. Riley Green. Ashley McBride. Brothers Osborne. Walker Hayes. All hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th. Stream only on Hulu. Starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Up next, Luna Talks with Anna Paulina Luna, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. We tend to think of propaganda as something that exists in authoritarian states like China, Russia, Iran, the usual suspects. But don't kid yourself, propaganda exists right here in the United States, and nowhere is it more erroneous than our media's own coverage of immigration. This is Luna Talks with Anna Paulina. So we've noticed that just in the last couple of weeks especially, but really over the last couple of years, that one of the top issues affecting voters in this country, and I think one of the top issues that the media uses to really polarize our country is immigration, right? Immigration does not just affect Hispanic Americans. It's one of those multi-layered, almost onion situations that you can't just take a weak approach and expect it to go away. It's only going to stick a Band-Aid on a very big problem. So before I get into this, I wanted to tell you my story as to really how I became political and when I realized political propaganda was being used in this country. So a little bit about myself, and I think I explained this in the previous episode, is that I didn't grow up in a necessarily political family. And in fact, my goal for why I eventually went into the military and what I wanted to do is I was on track to go to medical school. And when my husband was shot in Afghanistan, I ended up working with various organizations, veterans organizations, to shed light on post-traumatic stress disorder. And had that not happened, I would have never uncovered the topic of counter trafficking. And so one of the organizations that was a veteran nonprofit that I came across was a counter trafficking organization that dealt with specifically rescuing children and had a large focus along the U.S.-Mexico border and setting up sting operations, working with local law enforcement to get these children out of the hands of their traffickers. Now, I say this, and very naively, 
I had no idea that this was a problem. I think like many Americans, just because we don't see it happening right in front of us, it's never one of those things that I even think that the news really talks about. And they should be. They should be addressing this issue because human trafficking is essentially modern day slavery and it's happening all around us and right underneath our noses. So after I came across this organization, I started doing my own personal research. And it's one of those things that, you hear about what's happening and and you want to make change. I've never spoken to anyone today that has heard about this and not wanted to actively get involved in combating it. So once I realized it was a problem, I actually remember seeing a promo that Netflix was going to be putting on. And ironically enough, we'll get into that in a minute, but Netflix actually ended up canceling this series because it was prior to the 2016 election. And of course, it was called Contraland. That was a series that they were supposed to put up. And they were working with an organization called Our Rescue and Netflix canceled the whole thing. I believe it was for political reasons because if the American people knew it was happening at the border, they would never, ever, ever be okay with these open border policies. But nonetheless, I ended up ordering and writing the State Department. And for those of you tuning in, you can actually get a free copy of the Human Trafficking Report. It comes out every single year and the State Department has it loaded with facts. And so I ordered the 2018 and 2019 Human Trafficking Report. And as I'm self-educating, as I'm reading through this, just imagine it's like late at night, I'm going through this. I'm supposed to be studying for the MCAT. And here I am looking over this massive document and book of just information. And it was horrifying. And I remember seeing this number, 18,000. And you're like, what is that? $18,000? What is 18,000? 18,000 is the number of women annually that are trafficked on estimation. Okay. This is just a slight estimate of how many women are trafficked annually along the US-Mexico border. That's not including women and children. So the more I'm going into this, I am Googling articles. And one of the articles that really stuck with me was an article by CNN. And so the article was published actually November 10th, 2015. And I'm telling you that date because it's important for this story for you to understand what's happening in our national media with propaganda. So I read this article about a woman named Carla Jacinto, okay? If you want to read it later, it's K-A-R-L-A and then J-A-C-I-N-T-O. And CNN wrote an article about her because she was rescued from a trafficking situation. And from the time that she was trafficked to the time that she was rescued, she was raped 43,200 times. Now, you see that number and you realize that that is not a made-up number. And it's a lot to stomach. And I apologize if some of you maybe might think that this is too heavy because I think that everyone should know this story. And you see this young girl and you realize that she was trafficked from the time that she was probably 13, 14 years old to the time that she was 21, maybe. And that during that time that happened. And so I posted this to social media and going back to why social media is so important that's the best way that people learn is by peer-to-peer interaction and sharing information. And I wanted people to realize that trafficking is not just a clean word. There's a lot of bad things that go along with it. And the reaction that I got was, I realized people 
just didn't understand. They weren't educated. People thought that this was made up. They didn't realize that it was a true story. And this was one isolated incident. This happens on a regular basis at the US-Mexico border every single day, 24-7, doesn't take time off. And unfortunately, unlike drugs, humans can be used time and time again. So it is a more profitable industry. As I'm continuing this research, I then discover articles from UNICEF, which I would not consider UNICEF a you know conservative or a Republican organization. And they're saying that the most targeted demographics are migrant children and women of the Hispanic origin and demographic, mainly from South America and Mexico. So I realized all of this stuff. I'm still on track to go to medical school. I'm simply using my social media to share information because I believe it's the right thing to do. And that's when I had my aha moment, whether you want to call it a red pill moment or it was like a light bulb clicked behind me. I'm sitting in the hotel room for my friend's wedding. And I was doing some work on my computer. And I think like most people, I, sometimes I like to have stuff on in the background, whether it's music or the TV. And at this point, I had the news on and I was actually listening to CNN. And as I'm just focusing on what I'm writing, I keyed into some key things that the commentator was talking about. And they were talking about what was happening at the US-Mexico border. They're talking about this train that had been stopped in Mexico City by the federal police and that the federal police had stopped this train and discovered that there was a ton, I'm talking about a ton of women and children, and that among these women and children were MS-13. And for those that might not know what MS-13 is, MS-13 is a cartel. And so the federal police end up stopping this train and they don't want to let it proceed forward. It was inbound to the United States for obvious reasons. You're never, ever going to see women and children with hardened criminals. That's not even normal from what I know on trafficking. That is literally the startup to how they run these people into this country. And so I start paying attention. And mind you, this is after my self-education and really discovering that we have a huge problem with that. And this is also too, mind you, the tail end 2015, the beginning of 2016. So this is prior to the November election. What I also uncovered as I'm doing my research, and this is just kind of an interesting footnote, is that according to PewHispanic.org, the largest voting minority in this country are Hispanic Americans, specifically of Mexican descent. Okay, so watching this segment, I know all this information, and the reporter says here at CNN, we believe everyone has a chance and deserves a right to enter this country. And so to my understanding, it was either the network or people at the network, but they put together money to bring these people to the United States, had a camera crew on it and filmed border patrol, essentially turning these people away. And the segment ended with, at the time it was candidate Trump, candidate Trump, this Trump person has these very anti-immigration policies and is xenophobic and this isn't right. And we believe that America deserves better here at CNN. And then they cut the segment and it, I think it went to a pillow commercial. And I remember just like sitting there and it, it all hit me at once. The people that were being trafficked, because there's no doubt in my mind that that's what was happening. They, they were talking about what happens with the human trafficking. They were talking about the fact that these are young women and children. Are they related? Are they mothers? Are they children? What is happening? And then they didn't want to talk about the fact that there was cartel. 
they simply wanted to make it about politics. And I saw this and I remember feeling so disgusted and I remember feeling so angry. I'm not the type of person that's anti-immigrant. I'm not the type of person that's xenophobic. Here I am basically half Hispanic, having grandparents that are immigrants, having multiple family members that are from Mexico. And yet I know about the trafficking. And part of the reason why I agree with legal immigration is because I don't want people to get hurt because it's a very bad world out there and it's naive to think otherwise. And so I see all this. I film a moment, right? And, and then I realize it's propaganda. And just to give you the idea of what propaganda is, according to the Merriam-Webster definition, it's the spreading of ideas or information or rumor for the purpose of helping or injuring an institution, a cause or person, ideas, facts, or allegations to deliberately spread information to further one's cause or damage an opposing cause. And that is what the network was doing. And ironically enough, Having known that years ago and having that own intuition, and I think just being educated on the topics of what was happening at the border, not only did I assume that, but I apparently assumed right because uh, only a few days ago on April 13th, Project Veritas actually just broke a story where they have undercover footage of the head honcho at CNN admitting that propaganda is used at the network against conservatives and people that threaten the DNC and their ideologies. Guys, this is a huge problem in the United States. The fact that networks would knowingly bury information or lie to the American people in order to manipulate entire demographics based on their race, based on their cultural ethnicity to get voting blocks so that they can have total power and control. After you realize that, you cannot go back to the way that you once were. I knew that I could no longer stay silent. And that is why I started using my social media to make that voice and information heard because there was no one like me. There was no one from the Hispanic American demographic that was targeting to wake the American people up and wake up a demographic that had been lied to. And that was only the tip of the iceberg. Once you see what's happening at the border, you cannot unsee it. Human trafficking, drug running, the real life version of Sicario, that movie, it's all happening and it's infuriating. But I think the worst part about all of this is knowing that establishment elected officials and Democrats especially know these numbers. They know these facts. It's not like they're not sitting in briefings from the State Department and the Department of Homeland Security. But before we get into all of that, before we get into those numbers, we're going to take a quick break. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. 
The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. So to get into some of these numbers that I know for a fact our elected officials are briefed on, stats on human trafficking, I'm just going to warn you guys, this is not something that I think a lot of people can stomach. And so I'm telling you that because I remember when I first started getting into these numbers and when I first started researching about it, it actually made me depressed. And I do remember reading some of these numbers and, and I'm not going to lie, I cried. It's, it's horrifying. Ambassador Callista Gingrich actually wrote a paper on human trafficking at the Southern border. You can read that paper on Gingrich 360, but they ended up formatting that human trafficking stats happening at the border only get worse when you have open border policies. And so this is where I tell people that this is not a political issue. Okay. They try to make it one, but really what we're looking at is, are you for, or are you against human slavery? And the reason I put it in those terms is because the United States prides itself off of being a country that, quote unquote, abolished slavery years ago. And the whole slavery topic is used on a regular basis, I think, against black Americans, right? They don't want to let America move forward from it. So they selectively cherry pick this information. But they don't talk about what's happening in the Hispanic demographic with the slavery that's really impacting our community and people like us coming and trying to come here into the United States or sometimes that are being trafficked, whether it's for labor or sexual purposes. So to get into some of these numbers, 79% of human trafficking journeys are made through official border control points worldwide. That means that's happening even at our entry control points. So if that's happening there, imagine an open sector of the border without any officials. And that information is from ctdatacollaborative.org. I've been down to the border multiple times, and I can tell you that one of the most horrifying things to realize is that at some points of the border, if there is even any wall or fencing or anything, there's parts that you literally might have a string of rusty barbed wire that maybe might be about knee high, and then it breaks off and you can see these open corridors that are used on a regular basis by coyotes. You'll see children's shoes. You see they what they'll do is they'll spray paint these black a gallon of water jugs. But the thing is, is that it gets so dangerous and so hot in that open sector of the border that I know Yuma, Arizona and Border Patrol um, officials have posted that the numbers of bodies and bones that they find that litter the desert into those open sectors number in the thousands. So it's not like these people are coming here easily, nor should they, right? Like I don't agree with illegal immigration, but you have to think about the impact that it's happening with these people who are also probably lied to that they are essentially dying in the process of coming here, whether they're being forced to or being lied to about the American dream that they'll have access to. In a story from the New York Post, according to U.S. Immigrations and Customs, moving human beings as cargo pays into the billions of dollars for transnational criminal smuggling organizations. So in February alone, okay, guys, in February alone, 
Smugglers received $411.5 million. That's an average of $14.7 million per day for transporting migrants from Central America and Mexico into the United States. I first heard these numbers and I remember hearing an estimation from Tim Ballard, who's the founder of Our Rescue, which is a counter-trafficking organization and nonprofit that I am connected to. I've worked and volunteered extensively with them to shed light on this topic. But again, to put it best, drugs are used once, human beings can be used time and time again. And unfortunately, there's a lot of sick people in this country that think that they can purchase someone and that it's not a problem and that it's totally okay. And it is not. I'm just going to plug our rescue real quick. If you guys want to find more information about how to get involved, you can go to ourrescue.org and find out information there. And um, they're always looking for volunteers. In my own research, the state department is saying that the United States is the top three in the top three for the world for consumption of this. And when I realized that I could use my voice. And after I joined Turning Point, I actually wanted to make a documentary or docu-series on what was happening at the border. So I linked up with a Border Patrol Union president by the name of Art Del Cueto. And I remember interviewing him and hearing his story about what was really happening down there. And this is the stuff that I don't even think Fox News would put up there because it was such, it's one of those stories that you hear and it sticks with you. And then you realize that, I I mean, this is not just political. Like I do believe that people that are fighting this are doing God's work because of the horrors that that you hear that's happening to these people. So he was telling me, and mind you, Art's family is directly from the other side of the border. So he's Hispanic. He's been doing this since he, I think was 20 years old. And he's telling me that, Him and another officer came up on a group of about, I think it was 20 women and 20 men. And they were all going together and they were actually running what he said, I believe, was backpacks full of marijuana and narcotics. So they're drug mules and they're running them across the border in one of these open sectors. And I remember he thought it was weird because it was just women and just men. And then when he obviously arrested them and they all got into one of the vehicles for border patrol. This woman would not stop crying and she's uncontrollably crying. And in Spanish, Art goes, what's like, what's wrong? Why are you crying? Tell me like, are you okay? Are you sick? What's happening? And she goes, where's my son? Where are my kids? And Art goes, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Where is your son and your kids? There's no one else. It was just you and just the men. She goes, well, my husband's over there. But where's my son? They said that I would get my son back and and my kids back. And Art goes, we haven't found anyone. So what he found out had happened is that the traffickers and the, I assume, cartel had separated the women from the men and them from their children, used the children as tools to make sure that they ran the drugs across the border. And then once the families got arrested— Art still doesn't know what happened to those kids to this day. And you think about that and it hits a really deep spot. I think for me, I just, I can't imagine what happened to those kids, but I can tell you that those people that are doing what's happening at the border, that's not a, they're not influenced by God. And you want to pray for these people because it's, it's really horrifying what's happening. These unaccompanied minors, you know, those 600 that are coming to the border every single day, these are kids guys. All right, they're, I know that they're not American children, but at the end of the day, is it not our moral obligation 
to ensure that any child is not being exploited and that any child is rightfully in the hands of their parents and that we should stop in every possible way the exploitation of these innocent children. So recently there was footage of minors being dropped on the other side of a 13-foot wall and being left by traffickers. And currently our own American adoption program is so bogged down that a lot of our youth, if children are over the age of 12, they end up in these boys' homes or girls' homes and in the foster care system, which you know, I do applaud any foster parent, but ultimately no child is better off in a government program or government housing. They're going to be better off in the hands of their parents. And that is one of the issues that we're facing now is what do we do with these kids? And a lot of people say, okay, so I talked to my friends and family, and this is one of those issues, especially leading up to the 2020 election cycle that families, I think, couldn't even sit down at the dinner table and discuss because there was such a polarization fed by the propaganda in the mainstream media about what was actually happening and what policies were in place for certain reasons. I mean, I will still hold true to this today, that I would rather have a child separated temporarily from their parents to confirm biological ties to that family than put children in the hands of their traffickers. And that's something that really the Biden administration went back on was a policy put in place by President Trump to separate children temporarily from people posing as their family members. We know that children are used on a regular basis to exploit this asylum process. And I will never backtrack from that statement because I still believe that we should be doing it to today and we're not. There's ways that you can talk with your friends and family about that. But what I tell you is that this topic, especially when you're realizing that our voices have been suppressed, that this is not a conspiracy theory. Human trafficking has been going on since the dawn of time. But here, you know, we are one of the greatest superpowers in the world. We have all this technology, right, that can identify and find people that show up to riots. But you're telling me that we can't stop what's happening at the U.S.-Mexico border or find out information and track down some of these people on online sites. It's a hypocrisy to me that I believe that everyone's kind of called to do something. And I believe that people tuning into this show really have the opportunity to make a difference. You can shed light on this. You can use your social media. You can organize events to benefit nonprofits that are fighting for this. And you yourself can actually get involved with local law enforcement to help fight some of the worst things that we're facing in modern times, which is human slavery. So it's not just the only thing though, right? Like we know that human trafficking is a large aspect, but there's this aspect of also labor trafficking, which we'll get into in a second, and then drug running. And growing up in Southern California, growing up right near really Tijuana, I saw what happened in the 90s, especially. A lot of people don't realize that NAFTA, initially when it was passed, it actually tanked a lot of Mexico's economy. So it created a surge in illegal immigration because there was such an influx in the black market and a lot of the farming communities in Mexico were just completely destroyed by NAFTA. So a lot of these people were coming to the United States looking for work. And I remember growing up in Santa Ana and seeing a lot of, and mind you, my dad's family had come here legally, but seeing a lot of people that weren't legal and you could tell, I mean, I don't, they weren't assimilated is is how you really know. But I remember growing up in that environment, but to go along with that, you have the lack of assimilation and the fact that a lot of these people are living in essentially the black market of society. So they're operating under the table. And because of that, you have that gang culture that develops. 
if that's not bad enough, you realize that the drugs that are coming in through our Southern border, they impact every aspect of society, right? Like they're not discriminatory based on race or wealth. I think everyone who's listened to this knows someone or might have a family friend or know someone that knows someone that's been impacted by an addiction problem and has either passed away or really struggled with that. And it destroys families. Okay. So it destroys these people's lives and it destroys American people's lives as well, because it's literally breaking our families apart. And that's something that I told you guys a little bit. Obviously my family's really struggled with obviously drugs to the point of, I had multiple family members pass away from it. And then also to my own father really struggled with that. And that's something I highlighted in the first episode. But when you realize the amount that's coming in, that's, I think what's alarming. So in March alone this year, because of the amount of, I think, media that was shed in the run up to 2020. And then after the fact, when they were talking about, and when I say they, I mean the DNC and the Biden Harris administration was talking about giving mass amnesty. You saw this massive surge at the border. Like I'm talking not just with illegals, but then also to on drugs on heroin alone and methamphetamine meth went up 91%. Heroin went up 22%, but poundage seized in 2020 alone. This is what's alarming. 347,755 pounds in total. And if you realize how much fentanyl, which only a tiny bit can kill you, how much came in, it was upwards of 5,586. So clearly the U.S. has an issue with consumption of um, illegal narcotics. But when you basically put out a sign in front of the United States saying, hey, we're open for business, come on over, That creates a problem. And that's where the media plays into all of this. Drugs are going directly into the inner cities. They feel gang culture. They feel the black market. They feel the exact environment that these illegals are hiding in. And because they don't come here the correct way, the fact is, is they will never have access to the American dream. And I do believe that the elected officials that promote this, the elected officials that are knowingly sitting on this information because they simply want power, Talk about a sociopath. Talk about bad people. They are complicit in all of this. And you see the media talk about on a regular basis about this viewpoint of the left and progressives about this suppression of minorities, but yet they don't talk about this, which in my opinion, feels these cycles of poverty that these people make it very hard for them to break free from. I mean, you want to talk about hypocrisy and all of it. But then there's this national security aspect, right? Like where did the war on terror, did it just go away? Because I'm under the understanding that recently you had people from Yemen, two individuals that were on our terrorist watch list that were caught trying to enter the United States from the Southern border. What about COVID? We literally just locked down the economy for one year because of COVID. You have half of the states that are still locked down with these crazy mandates. We know that COVID has a 99.9% survival rate. And yet people are coming into this country. They're not being tested. They're being released into states like Texas and Arizona and California and all these border states. And yet Dr. Fauci and the DNC is quiet on it. But yet the American people are what? Supposed to remain locked down? I mean, is that not infuriating to you guys? The hypocrisy is so blatant and it's based on identity politics. They genuinely want the American people to believe that if you want border security, that you are racist. They don't want to talk about the facts. They want every Hispanic American to think that the GOP, that Republican voters, that anyone who supported Trump was anti-Hispanic. And that is the farthest thing from the truth. To date, the previous administration had the highest 
amount of focus on human trafficking than any other administration. And if you're still not supporting him for that reason, I don't know what could convince you otherwise, because guys, that is modern day slavery. But I mean, really look at it. What changed? Why did the DNC prior to 2016, why was the media prior to 2016 focusing on all of this? Why were they now quiet on this? I mean, was it because of the voting demographic? Was it because of who came into office? So what changed? If you go on a hate tie, I'll be back after the break and we'll talk about that then. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. So prior to 2016, we know establishment Democrats had the same views as GOPs and conservatives. You can see this video actually of Obama that I ended up posting on my social media. And he goes, he's sitting down in an armchair and he goes, look, do not come here. It's dangerous. Do not come here illegally. In fact, Obama was actually, ironically enough, known as the deporter and chief. And at the time, you can't say that Biden doesn't know about the immigration problem because at the time he was the vice president. But what changed, guys, and this is what I discovered, is that the person that came into office, Trump, was an uncontrolled politician who took the White House. Okay, We know that Trump was a threat. He was not controlled and paid for by the establishment corporation that's currently trying to run this country. And you now have blatantly obvious hypocrisy with the Biden administration, not just trying to remain quiet on this after they really did pour gasoline on fire. But Biden is now actively building sections of the southern border, a.k.a. a wall, because he knew Trump was right. Most Democrats knew Trump was right, that we needed a physical barrier in order to stop some of the things that are happening and that taking a zero tolerance stance on illegal immigration is the only way to stop some of these atrocities that are happening. And ironically enough, Kamala Harris, of all people, who has knowingly walked out of different briefings that our rescue did for Senate on human trafficking. I kid you not, guys. Tim Ballard talked to him about it. He said he wanted to give the briefing. She got up and she left. She's the vice president and she's been assigned to handle the border crisis. And yet she has yet to be down there. This is the one person in the country that was a woman of color that was supposed to be representing minority women and the fight that all minority women have. And yet she's yet to say one thing about it. She's yet to go down to the border to cover it. She's completely quiet in the media and she's busy taking photo ops, going to bakeries in Chicago instead of dealing with the one thing that she should be talking about, which is slavery in this country. Sean King, who is a very, very liberal progressive, posted recently, of which I posted to my IG because I wanted people to realize that it's so bad 
The hypocrisy is being noticed on all sides so bad that Sean King actually posted calling out the Biden administration. And yet people are still not talking about, I mean, where's Vice Magazine talking about this? Where's now this? Where's Vanity Fair? Sean King, because Sean King was one of those people that genuinely believed that if you separate someone from their family member, that you're the boogeyman, not knowing, and I do believe it's because Sean King isn't necessarily educated on the topic, but that he was one of those people that I would consider, quote unquote, a true believer and that he believes that we really should have open borders. Okay, he's obviously wrong, But he knows that the Biden administration ran on that. And now they're pivoting, going back to the ideology that works, which is basically what conservatives have been saying is that walls work. AOC, this woman made her living and she is now a multi-million dollar socialist, which is a hypocrisy in itself. But she is completely silent. Okay, we know she went down to the border in her little white outfit and she's bent over crying for that photo opportunity in an empty parking lot. She's saying on our Instagram that surge, the term surge is referring to insurgents instead of an actual surge of people, which mean would mean an influx at the border. She's completely silent on the amount of migrant children that are coming here. She's silent on the human trafficking. In fact, I don't even know if she realizes that that's an issue because she's constantly advocating for us to defund ICE. Yet part of what ICE does is they actually go out and arrest human traffickers. I think five of the top 10 most wanted for human trafficking of ICE is from Tenancingo, Mexico. And you can see that on their website. They run uh, trafficking routes right into the United States. And there was actually a docu-series online that you can see that ran a trafficking ring right in from Mexico into Brooklyn, New York. But do you see how the DNC shifted their stance? I mean, we know that all of these elected officials prior to 2016, you had Obama talking about it. You had the entire Obama administration that knew it was an issue. There's recorded footage of multiple members of Congress talking about it. And then all of a sudden it just goes away and changes. I mean, do they really think that we're that stupid that Hispanic Americans can't use cell phones? I mean, maybe you heard, I think Biden said that the reason why Hispanic Americans don't want vaccines is because we don't know how to use the internet. So maybe they think we're that stupid, but I don't. I think that we're quite educated, which is why I have this podcast and why I'm filling you guys in on this information. But you have to fix it. We can't just let this continue happening because you see in everything that I just laid out, there's so many aspects of this that are impacting our society, that are impacting people on both sides of the border. And the fact is, is that mass illegal immigration bogs down our current immigration courts. So you can't have as many legal people here because the process to even come here is years and and thousands upon thousands of dollars. So it's going to bog that down altogether. But it, it creates also to this depression in wages and takes advantage of people that are trying to come here to work. We know that if people are operating under the table and you have labor trafficking, which is happening, especially in the hotel industry, the farmer industry and restaurants, all of that, that these people are going to be paid cash, if at all. Sometimes these people are snubbed. And that's actually stories that I've heard from my own father of people showing up to work at like Home Depot. Contractors will pick them up. They work. They don't pay them because they know that they're legal. And then they drop them off, which is basically slavery. But in order to streamline the process of actually getting people to come here legally to actually educate them and have them attain American citizenship, you have to start by stopping the bleed. And that's not going to happen if you have elected officials coming here or going onto national platforms and national media outlets saying, hey, come on over. We want mass amnesty. I mean, all of that is going to completely just 180 out, make the matters worse. And it's going to encourage this mass illegal immigration. So you have to take a zero tolerance stance on this. This is one of those things that I tell people all the time. 
you really truly have to realize that this is a tough love argument that politicians with their empty promises that created this crisis in the first place, they're willing to stay silent on it. But the people that are getting hurt are the innocent people. It's the people like you and me. It's the people that are being lied to telling that they're going to come here and have access to this American dream when in actuality, they're never going to have that. Their kids are probably going to end up in gangs and on drugs and if not killed. And it's not the right thing to do. It's not a woke ideology. That's the truth. And sometimes the truth hurts. And I'm not here to make people feel better about illegal immigration. I'm here to tell you the fact that that you're hurting people. This is irresponsible. And that if you are having a platform and that you're encouraging it, you're part of the problem. So you have Hispanic Americans now as the largest voting minority in this country. And if you truly want to help this community, it's going to start by informing and waking up your neighbor, by waking up your family members to let them know that their voice matters, that their vote counts. And that in the scheme of national politics, when you have a large voting minority that has been lied to and realizes that, which I think is happening. I mean, you look on social media and I don't, I try not to stay in the echo chambers of guys. Okay. I'm branching out outside of that, but you have multiple very progressive organizations that have now called out the hypocrisy of the Biden administration, which I'm glad for. I still hold true to my tenets and my beliefs that I think we need strong border security, a zero tolerance stance on, on illegal immigration and that we need a wall But the fact is, is that people are waking up and that's because we are willing to share that information. So again, I'm going to just plug this. If you guys want to get more involved and actually help fight what's happening at the border, volunteer with organizations like Our Rescue. Share information. Write the State Department and order that 2021 human trafficking report that they put out every single year. Use your social media. Organize events because this is the one thing that we can all do that I believe that is a truly unifying nonpartisan issue. And if you want to reconnect with your family, especially talk about these issues, please, because at the end of the day, I do believe that everyone's put on this earth for a reason and that it's our obligation, our moral obligation to leave the earth and our family our nation in a better condition than we initially found it in. And that's something that we can all do that I think would better the world. So thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Luna Talks. Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. And we would love a five-star review, but also to don't forget to tune into next week's episode. And again, of course, God bless. Before we go, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. I enjoyed today's episode and please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Parlor, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Real Anna Paulina. And a special thank you to my producer, Drew Steele, our writer, Aaron Kliegman, researcher, Stetson Bryson, and executive producers, Debbie Myers and speaker, Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific.